I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here once again uh, on the sixth straight Saturday that we get to celebrate a Hawkeye victory. And uh, I don't think that's something that after an 0-2 start, any of us, even the most optimistic among us, would have predicted. It's it's just remarkable what this team has, has been able to do these past six weeks and, and how satisfying this season now feels. Um, there's still hopefully one more game left, maybe a bowl game. We don't know. There's a chance that that was the last time we see this team. And if so, it was a, a good way to go out for this Hawkeye squad to get a 28 to seven win over Wisconsin, move to six and two on the season, drop Wisconsin to two and three on the year. Get your first win over Wisconsin since 2015. And uh, the Badgers had won seven of the last eight, dating back to the 2010 debacle. So, while I don't think this brings this rivalry back to even or anything like that, uh, it is nice to beat Wisconsin. It's always good to beat Wisconsin. And, uh, and six Big Ten wins in a row is something that we talked last week about five Big Tens in a row and, and how few teams and how few quarterbacks had orchestrated that kind of a run under Kirk Ferentz. And now you've got another. We can talk quality of competition all day. I will play the teams in, in front of it. And we can also talk and, and lament the things that could have been, should have been, may have been, had Iowa had a non-conference game, had more of an offseason, just not relied on Spencer Petrus to throw the ball 50 times against Northwestern, not fumbled the game away against Purdue. Um, there will be time to play the what-if game. Today, let's just celebrate that... Things are good in Hawkeye land, man. I got to do an instant reaction podcast last night of Iowa with the most lopsided win in Cyhawk basketball history for either team. And now we get to talk about a Wisconsin win for this football team and a sixth straight win. And it's it's just good. It's not perfect. Spencer Petrus was, again, as bad as you could imagine in that first half. Um, the... It was abysmal is, is what I tweeted on the Hawkeye Nation account at one point. Just that word because there were times where you didn't know what what he was thinking, what he was seeing, what's he looking at. That third and one play, it's one thing to call a pass on third and one. I wouldn't advise that anyway. But then to have him just stand in the pocket and throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, he deserved to be penalized for that play. You can't do that. Uh, it's you. You wonder what he sees, what he's thinking, um, and and so that that's an issue. 
Amir Smith-Marset, who had a career-high 140 yards receiving, finally got connected on a long touchdown, and, and hats off to Spencer Petras for that throw, the 56-yard or whatever it was, touchdown from Petras to Smith-Marset uh, to give Iowa a 21-7 lead. It was a great play. It was nice to see the Hawkeyes connect on a long play. And honestly, in the moment, Petrus, or I mean uh, Smith-Marset doing the front flip into the end zone, I liked it. I'm a guy who doesn't mind guys having fun and showing off a little bit. Clearly, uh, ISM is a guy who sees his final days as a Hawkeye coming and is going to have some fun and show some personality. Um, I have no problem with that. You got to be smarter about it, I guess. You you can't get a high ankle sprain because of that and, and have to leave the game, come back in a walking boot, and I'm sure we'll be updated on his status in the days to come. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Spencer Peaches had a good second half. Not great, but a good second half. Good enough to get a win over a division rival that we don't beat very often. Uh, he ended up 14-25, 211 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, really nice throw to Smith-Marset on the uh, the first touchdown. A really nice route for him on that fade and a great throw from Smith-Marset. That came after a nice throw that, uh, that Spencer had thrown to Brandon Smith, I believe, earlier on that drive and... He got going a little bit in the second half and, and didn't look terrible. So that that was good. Uh, Receiving-wise, Smith-Marset, seven yards, 140. Uh, seven catches, 140 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Smith with three catches. Goodson caught a couple out of the backfield. Laporta and Regani each with one. So speaking of Goodson, got up to 106 yards uh, on the day with that big uh, what 75-yard touchdown run, 80-yard touchdown run that he had to really put this game away, seal the deal. Although the defense had sealed the deal already. The defense put this game away uh, with those fourth down stops. But the the Tyler Goodson run was fun to see. He ends up with 106 yards on the day and a touchdown. Makai Sargent had, had an effective day, 13 carries. He got the bulk of the carries, uh, 51 yards for him, and 127 as a team. And that includes some... Uh, some backwards running from Smith Marset and Spencer Petrus. You hold Wisconsin to just 56 yard rush, rushing. You feel good about that. You force them to throw it 38 times. Uh, that's not what they wanted. Graham Mertz did not have a great day 20 of 38, 169 yards, and an interception. And and their running backs really never got going. Uh, Nakia Watson, 29 yards, and, uh, and, and 56 yards total as a team for Wisconsin. Their offense is no good, and they were hindered beyond being no good. I mean, they, they had enough injuries and guys out that even if they were a, a serviceable offense the last couple of weeks, you weren't going to get much going. And then they lose those guys, and uh, it just kind of fell apart for them. They were able to have that, that nice drive, and they had a couple of good drives. They, they missed a field goal, and they got down close a couple of times and, and got turned over on downs. But they, they came out in the third quarter and had that drive to, to come down. And uh, 
and punch it in and really make Iowa fans worry a little bit and bring it to 14 to 7. That was after the Charlie Jones fumble. And you know, I guess again, just like Smith Marset, you know how much of his skill on the field comes from his personality and does that personality also include doing a front flip into the end zone and spraining your ankle? I mean, probably. And with Charlie Jones, as much as we love the aggressiveness and the good hands and uh, everything he has done in the punt returner role this season, made a bad decision. Um, there's really no way to defend that decision and gave the ball to, to Wisconsin. And for those of us who have been watching this game for as long as, as I have, uh, we know that those are the kinds of plays and those are the kinds of things that when you allow Wisconsin to stay in the game, a lot of times you regret it. Thankfully, that wasn't the case today. As uh, even though Wisconsin was able to take down and score, Iowa uh, had no problem in the second half putting this game away. The defense, I mean, what, what more can you say about this defense than, than we've already said? These guys have really come together and become one of, I mean, one of the great defenses in, in the Kirk Ferentz era, to be honest. Uh, just allowing seven points today. I think this is now the, the 22nd game in a row that Iowa has not allowed 25 points to any team. Um, that, again, includes the eight games this year. So that streak was, what, 14 coming into into this week. You allow seven to Wisconsin, 21 to Illinois, 20 to Nebraska, 21 to Penn State, just seven to Minnesota, seven to Michigan State, and then 21 and 24 to Northwestern and Purdue, and you, you lose those first two games. Uh, this defense is, has just played lights out. Chauncey Golston led the way today. He had nine tackles, a sack. Nick Neiman was just another great day. Eight tackles for him. Uh, gave him half a tackle for loss, but he had that fumble recovery early on one of Wisconsin's first drives that led to Keith Duncan's first field goal. And a 3 nothing lead that for a while felt like it may hold uh, for the rest of the game. 6 to nothing at halftime and uh, just kind of a typical Iowa-Wisconsin game. A lot of punts. Speaking of punts, Tory Taylor, if on the off chance you, you hear this, don't be too hard on yourself, buddy. None of us knew that you couldn't punt the ball the way you did, that you couldn't kick it once you dropped it. Uh, that was a, a heads-up play, a really kind of athletic play from a, a punter. And it was kind of fun to see. Obviously, um, wasn't fun when we all realized that it was a loss of down and gave Wisconsin first and goal. But they didn't score. Um, speaking of not scoring, see, I'm just doing this off my head. You, you can tell that I don't have notes or anything. It's just it's t- everything I say just takes me to another area. And Jack Campbell and the interception he made on fourth down was fantastic. The stop he made earlier in the game on the wildcat formation snap uh, was incredible. This guy is an absolute stud as well. And this defense, I just, you love watching this defense. They're so much fun to watch. Will we get to see them again? I, I hope so. I certainly hope so. Uh, we will see. Um, it sounds like it won't be Indiana. That was the report on Friday out of the Michigan area that um, they want to, the Big Ten wants to kind of pair up, make up some of these rivalry games that, that were missed. So Indiana-Purdue may play. You may get Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa may be left with a game against 
Michigan, possibly Maryland. Will Michigan be able to play? Who knows? They've obviously been dealing with COVID. Uh, so we don't know who, where, or when Iowa's next football game will be. Hopefully it'll be like Friday night or late Saturday. I mean, I guess that's that's not likely. You don't want an 11 a.m. kick Saturday because you've got an 11 a.m. tip Saturday. And uh, let's be honest, we're all going to watch the Iowa-Gonzaga game over whoever Iowa plays in football if we're forced to make that choice. Um, so hopefully it'll be a Friday night game. Maybe Michigan comes to Kinnick Stadium and uh, we get another chance to, to beat Jim Harbaugh and uh, and get to 7-2. and two. You'd rather play Indiana because they're higher ranked. And if you want Iowa to get into like a New Year's Six type bowl, I mean, there's a chance this team finishes in the top 10. Who would have thought that? I mean, really at any point in the season, because we've won so much in spite of quarterback play that's been as bad as anything we've seen under Kirk Ferentz. It hasn't been always bad. I mean, Petrus has had made some nice throws and did so today. But overall, this has been the worst quarterback play we've gotten in years and years. And this is a team that's just won six in a row. And again, with a, a potential game next week, a potential bowl game, could get to eight and two uh, in a weird year. I mean, I guess we should just celebrate that Iowa got to play eight games. One of the few teams in the Big Ten that got to do that. We got eight football games, and, and, that's, and it's been fun. It won't result in a Big Ten championship. It won't result in a West Division championship. But it does result in wins over our rivals. Extending streaks against Minnesota and Nebraska and Illinois. Ending bad streaks against Penn State and now Wisconsin. And bringing this Heartland Trophy, the Bull, back home. Uh, didn't get a chance to play Iowa State. Uh, but you know, likely would have extended that streak also. And then just a, a quick, you know, bigger picture look at, at all of this. You have to remember the offseason that we came out of. And every team had a tumultuous offseason due to COVID. Iowa had what had to be one of the most tumultuous offseasons, uh, certainly in program history. And really, for, for any team in the country, um, to go through the, the change of a strength and conditioning program, a, a change of a culture for a coach in Kirk Ferentz to really kind of have to face the music and look within himself and his program and the way he does things and change those things after two decades of doing them um, for this team to be able to form the chemistry they formed after going through something like that, you know, go back to August and hear them talk about the meetings they had. And it wasn't these were fun meetings. It was these were emotional, heavy, hard meetings. Important, yes, but not fun. And they took all of that, got their season canceled, went home, brought back COVID, had to shut down the program due to an outbreak of, of the disease, Found out their season was back on. Had a couple of, what, three weeks to, to prepare. No warm-up games. Breaking in a brand new quarterback without a full spring or, or summer schedule. And come out and lay two eggs. And have mistake-prone football be the reason that you don't beat teams that you are better than. In Purdue and Northwestern. Certainly in Purdue. We've seen that play out. 
Northwestern has had a nice little season. It sucks they're going to win the West again. But it is what it is. We need to win this damn thing one of these years. But to start 0-2, have everybody on the outside questioning not just this season, but the program as a whole, the heart of the players, the discipline, and the toughness. The eye will weigh what Kirk Ferentz has done or is doing. Brian Ferentz's play calling. To have Amir Smith-Marset get that OWI that next Sunday. It felt like this was all falling apart. And it was just a matter of how bad it got before we started having really, really hard conversations. And then they turned it around with a blowout win against Michigan State. And then they followed that up with a blowout win at Minnesota. And then they followed that up with a blowout win at Penn State. And then they followed that up with a blowout win. I guess it wasn't a blowout against Nebraska. They followed that out with effectively a blowout at Illinois. 35 points in a row. And then this is as blown out as Wisconsin has been by an Iowa team since the aughts. So... Hats off and a lot of credit to this staff, Kirk Ferentz, these players, these seniors who I'm sure had to band together and make the most of a weird senior season. Um, it's just remarkable what they've done. It's really, really cool. And I think it'll be something that we all reflect on as the season draws to a close here and can fully appreciate what this this team was and is and has been. Um, it's unique, and hopefully, it'll never. There will never be another season like this. Hopefully, by the time we're talking about a 2021 football season, we've all been vaccinated and everything is back to normal, and we can stuff 70,000 people in the Kinnick Stadium, and we can wave at those kids, and we can have the swarm, and we can do all the things. I hope all that all of that is true. I hope we never have to deal with something like this again. But Iowa has dealt with it well, all things considered. And that wasn't something I thought I'd be able to say in the middle of October. And so to sit here in the middle of December and feel this good about this team, it's it's fun and it's a, a huge credit uh, to everybody involved in that program. That's it, guys. The Hawks tip off at 1 o'clock tomorrow against Northern Illinois. Uh, I'm unlikely to do a post-game instant reaction on that one for several reasons, Uh, one of which, (laughs) if I have to instantly react to that game, something went horribly wrong. Uh, So I don't expect that to happen. You can follow coverage of not just last night's Cyhawk win, not just today's Wisconsin win, not just tomorrow's win, hopeful win over Northern Illinois, but Everything in Hawkeye Athletics at HawkeyeNation.com. Articles, videos, podcasts, we've got it all. If you haven't been to the website recently, check it out. It's a whole new look. It looks really cool, um, and we're all very proud of it. So we appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening. Have a great night. Go off.